I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi, folks. I hope you're having a good day today. And let me first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must note that I am not a doctor or psychiatrist. If your son or daughter needs to be diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. I only speak based on my experiences. I also don't have the right to the songs. The songs are from zedge.com and hiphop.com. I also want to review the mission statement. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that many think are disabilities. People on the spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities do not want to be pitied. There is nothing to be sorry about. I also have some pay for the following. I want to give one to Brandon Barrett. Let me tell you something, folks. A while ago, we participated in the annual Cast for Kids event at Lake Monroe. And amazing. That's all I can really say. The event was organized by Brandon and Amy Barrett, our sponsors. There's a lot of fun. An award ceremony was held for the fishermen and women. It's so much happiness for all those who participated. Some people with disabilities went out with some very awesome boat captains and caught fish. Then there was an award ceremony by speaking to the audience. My mom and I were able to spread my mission the event takes place annually, so please get involved. Thanks to Jeff Barnes and the Eastern Regional Director for Casper Kids and Brandon Amy Barrett. All of you are rock stars. I work with kids who are superheroes too. A lot of great people were there too. Doug Killian, Andrew Woodall, Amanda Nixon, Natasha Humphrey, Amanda Tolliver, and Lisa Laza, the raffle winner of the ATA month training. Amanda Nixon is an amazing person we met. She and her wife are amazing parents. Becca and Liam Nixon were adopted in December 2021. They are both diagnosed with autism. She attends Spitzer Owen School. And guess what, folks? She made it onto the JV cheerleading squad. Keep up the good work, Becca. And it's also my pleasure to thank Steve Miller and Angel Shear, two people who are 100% behind me. They provide you with quality tax preparation service is Stephen Miller Tax Service in Bloomington, Indiana. The tax filing deadline has passed, but there are still a lot of late returns. Tax Service will handle your tax fillings for you. I appreciate your help, too. Angel, my sincere thanks goes out to you for all the help you've given us. And I must give another thank you to PALS. The nonprofit therapeutic writing program at PALS is for disabled people, veterans, seniors, and at-risk youth. A diverse population can greatly benefit from the horse's therapeutic capabilities, including its emotional, physical, and social benefits. And instructor Christina Arthur is awesome. Staff and facilities are outstanding. Make sure you stop by. Christina is the lead instructor. I found it interesting that their mission and mine are basically the same when I read their website. Pals offers therapeutic programs with horses that aim to promote good health, joy, and empowerment. While they expect a challenging work environment and support, they also expect a safe and caring work environment. It is their goal to encourage growth and individual achievement for all participants that will enable them to achieve their highest potential. The keywords here are highest potential, as with my podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls. Pals is showing no matter what, all humans have something to offer. Society, and they will help them show what they can do. Our audience is not only similar, but we are both trying to change the world one lesson and one episode at a time. There are also some people I'd like to thank. I'd like to thank my last guest who I had on, David Covey, and C149, meet Dr. Light and David Covey for more information. But what a great guest but an even better man. Thank you, David Covey, and having you on my show was a pleasure. I'd also like to thank Jenny Laganar for giving some amazing advice on Clubhouse. But wait, there's more. I want to give one to Adam Schaubel for who is going to help me out, and he's only 20 minutes away from where I'm from. It's amazing how small a role is sometimes. Also, I'd like to give a shout out to the amazing podcast I was on, the SISU Journey with Heather Lucia, Mike up with Mike Isiokio, Sweet and Raw with Ayana John, and the Mental Health Casual with Lockie Nua. Check out all these amazing podcasts. I've also entered the 2021 Discover 
Pod Awards and appreciate your votes. Please vote for me. And as a final tribute, I'd like to express my condolences for Ed Asner's passing and his son, Matt. Ed Asner is best known for his role as the old man in the movie Up. Mr. Asner, thank you for entertaining millions, including myself. Now, folks, we'll be right back, but we got to hear about Wellspring Pain Solutions. So let's get to it. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Glasscott from the Glass in the Afternoon radio program on News Sports Talk 98.7 and AM 1370 and WGCLradio.com. And on behalf of Wellspring Pain Solutions, they're happy to partner with Sam Mitchell and the Autism Rocks and Rolls podcast. Wellspring Pain Solutions applauds Sam's mission statement to eliminate the stigma associated with autism. Here's what we want you to do. Check out the website wellspringpainsolutions.com you'll find out which of the four locations is closest to you you'll get a chance to meet their team of providers and all the services offered at wellspring when you're there now the fun really begins you'll find the link to sam's website where you'll find all his podcasts background information on his guests as well as all the merch in his merchandise store you'll be amazed you'll have fun you'll enjoy it all we ask you to do is take a listen and spread the word that autism rocks and rolls all right folks and we're back and i don't want you to be too nervous to meet these fine people now today i'd like to welcome to our show miss maria dell she is a mother and entrepreneur and a former special education teacher marie's goal is to help others understand autism like her family has had to do over the years she is a mom to a daughter on the autism spectrum and has made it her life's goal to be inspirational and to bring awareness acceptance and attention to helping those on the spectrum be successful. She has not only traveled for educational purposes to places like Ethiopia and Indonesia, but she has also worked on the other podcasts as a guest to spread her knowledge. Let's welcome Miss Maria Dell to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Are you doing all right, Miss Adele? Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Sam. It's been a long time. You're a very busy man. <laughs> I try to keep myself busy, but thank you. So my first question to you is, what does being an autistic mother mean to you? It's an interesting thing because for a long time, I didn't actually know that my daughter was on the spectrum, which is really interesting being a teacher of student with students with special needs. And at the same time, when I found out, I feel like I had already been doing most of the things to help her to feel comfortable in her life anyway. And so it was more of just an idea of being able to put a label to what was going on, I guess, and help her to understand herself a little bit better. Like being able to say like, you know, I have autism and this is the way that I express myself. And, you know, this is why I do these things, you know, and being able to have and show her like different videos of people that have autism and, you know, what they're able to do with their life beyond just that label. It's provided her with a different window of what she's capable of and given her a way to express her own emotions and her own thoughts and her own feelings in a way that makes her more confident in who she is. Okay. That's interesting. Let's talk about as you said, window of learning who she was, you said something like that. What do you mean by that exactly? Before diagnosis, right? Because we just got her diagnosis last summer. And so she's eight years old now. She turned eight this year. And before then, it was just kind of like 
you know, this is who she is, right? You know, okay, she walks on her toes. Okay, she, you know, has some sensory issues. Okay, like maybe her voice sounds just a little bit different, you know, like those kinds of things. And just one by one, when you put the whole picture together, it's like, okay, yeah, this is what's going on. But it took someone to tell me that. And even when I had someone tell me that, I was just kind of like stunned by it right? Because you see your child as your child. You don't see them with those labels, right? Like autism or some sort of, you know, cognitive, differently abled, like all kinds of different things like that. You, you don't see that. You just see your child. And so it was very interesting for me, the moment that I got her diagnosis and just that window, I guess, of learning this is her diagnosis and all of the things that were happening at school and trying to really help her to understand herself at the same time, understand my role as her parent, because it felt like it shifted a little bit and being able to work with her school and help them to be able to get the tools in place for her. So it wasn't happening at first. There were a lot of challenges that were going on when school started and just learning all of that. It's been this window <laughs> that's been open and, you know, we're all just adjusting and we're getting used to what this looks like. Like she's getting used to the fact that she can say, I have autism and this is the way that my brain works. And I'm getting used to saying, I'm the mom of a child on the autism spectrum. And, you know, this is what it means to me to be a mom of a child on the autism spectrum. And at the same time, I think just like any parent, we want the best for our kid. We don't want there to be, you know, challenge and, you know, things that happen in their lives that are frustrating or upsetting. And at the same time, I've learned so much that you know, everything happens for a reason. And no matter whether I view it as good or bad happening in her life, everything is a lesson for her to learn. And it's going to help her to become who she is and who she's meant to be in this life and show her what she's meant to do. So I get to take a back seat to that. <laughs> yeah, you basically you as you said, it opens this windows of obstacles, but you're going to work with her to overcome it, basically. Yeah, you know, just helping her understand where her strengths are and helping her work within that. And then understanding areas that she might want to grow in and help her with that too. Yeah, you're helping her grow in many other ways. And your answer actually transits to my next question. When you got the first diagnosis, what were your initial thoughts when you learned that you're going to be and Aspie mother. I mean, it was just like, I was, you know, reading and reading and reading the report and I got to that part and I kind of, you know, sat back. It was a lot to think about in the moment because I would say, yeah, she walks on her toes, but I don't think she's on the spectrum or yeah, she, you know, does this thing, but I don't think she's on the spectrum. And, you know, she was going to a therapist and everything before then. And then when I read on the paper, you know, autism spectrum, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe she is on the spectrum. <laughs> so it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really change anything, right? It just, it gives a label 
for me to be able to help her to communicate to the world a little bit more of the way that she thinks and the way that she feels. And, you know, before then, it was difficult for the school to listen to me and to listen to her. And now that we have the label, they're kind of forced to listen to us in a different way because the law makes them listen to us in a different way. So she's getting more help. Yeah, when we can be thankful for those laws though, because I think they give us, I won't say privileges, but really good feedback and good sources to say the least. Yeah, it makes people kind of, you know, sit up and take notice because like I've heard autism referred to as like the invisible disability before. And it's not that it is a disability. I don't think that it's that at all because I think everyone is differently abled, but it is that invisibility piece because children, people who are on the spectrum, they don't necessarily look different, right? They just maybe act differently where like if someone's in a wheelchair, like you can definitely see that, you know, there's something different that's going on. If someone is blind, you can definitely see that there's something different going on with them. But where with autism, like people are just like, well, that kid, you know, they just need some discipline. You need to discipline your kid. They're not respectful. They're not, you know, like whatever. They're wrong. But continue. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, you know, having the label, the name of autism, then once you say that to someone, then they're like, oh, and then it helps them to have a different perspective where before they might not have been so open-minded. Then they're like, oh, so they're on the autism spectrum. So they just function a little bit differently. And, you know, this is the way that their behavior might present, or this is why they might be acting the way that they're acting that looks differently from the way that I would act. I mean, the label, I think with being disabled or Autism is sometimes a pain, but in my opinion, maybe it's a good thought because it makes people understand why they are doing something that society calls weird. What are your thoughts on that statement? Yeah, I think so too. And the thing about it is though, that just even like, you know, people who are not on the autism spectrum, it's not that people aren't weird. (laughs) Like everybody's weird, right? Oh, Um, yes. Yeah. It's just that from the time that we're little, society tells us what to do and how to behave. And most of us, you know, try to conform to that. And if we don't conform to that, then people, they treat us not well. And, you know, people end up in jail and like all kinds of things for the wrong reasons. Yeah. For not conforming to society. I think there's some brilliant, brilliant people out there that don't thrive in the education system. They think a different way, but society keeps trying to put everybody in a box. I think in a way it's actually courageous to be on the spectrum and it's not like you don't want to act like everyone else. It's that there's not necessarily that ability to do that. And in a way, I think that's the most wonderful thing because then you get to be yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's courageous in my opinion, as you said, but it's my opinion, more courageous to live day by day when when someone's putting this dumbbell on us or this extra muscle on us, maybe that's yeah. too big. You know, if anything, my daughter teaches me that I get to be who I am and I get to express myself who I am. And, you know, it's helped me by sticking up for her 
to other people to be able to stick up for myself even more as well too and to not worry so much about what other people are thinking or what they're doing and to just focus on her well-being and to focus on my well-being and then by taking care of ourselves then we're better able to take care of other people yeah it's like the dice is rolling it just goes day by day and it keeps adding up you know she's unique and she's my kid like that's it like with or without autism she's my kid and you know I worry for her and I'm excited for her like all in the same thing. And I know that everything is going to turn out in whatever way that it does. And I'm not worried. Yeah, I think Aspie mama bears have all the emotions and intact. Yes. I think they learn how to. How do you think like an Aspie mother's brain operates? Yeah, so um, like someone who is on the spectrum or like someone like me. who like your mama, like mama bears. So, you know, I've often said that I feel like I'm on the spectrum. And I often say that I feel like everyone is on the spectrum. We're just on the spectrum of the spectrum, right? (laughs) Like there's different degrees, different varying degrees of it. And, you know, when I look at the way that I grew up as a kid and how awkward that I was in certain ways, I feel like that I understand her so well because I've been there as well. Like I have sensory issues as well too. I have different social awkwardness as well too. Like, you know, there's different things that I hold that, you know, when she didn't want to wear certain clothing and, you know, would rip it off right away and say that it itched or whatever. I understood that. I didn't, you know, try to force her to do those things or, you know, that she wants to eat with her hands instead of eating with utensils. It's like, you know, on the scale of one to 10, there's worse things, right? You know, so a lot of fast food and finger food in your house, I'm guessing. (laughs) Well, you know what? She'll even eat soup with her fingers and then she just drinks the liquid for it. It's not necessarily fast food. Like I try to, you know, give her as healthy of food as possible, but you know, she's eating uh, her lima beans one by one with her fingers or, you know, whatever. So I just don't put a lot of emphasis on that. And plus also we've lived in two cultures where you eat with your fingers. So it doesn't even matter. You're just living your ancestry, maybe. Exactly. There we go. Like that hunting and gathering. We're just going out and eating what we can with our with our fingers. But being in that mother head, in that mother space, like I'm very aware of the way that I grew up and the way that I was treated. And so like I want to help her as much as possible and at the same time empower her as well too, to be able to talk to people and help them to understand her perspective so that when I'm not there, that she's able to do it herself. Right. You're just teaching it baby steps at a time. Yeah. And I also like being a mindset coach. I work with her on a lot of those same concepts that I work with my clients on that are adults. And I work through a modality called human design and human design really helps you to understand the personality of the person and to help them understand themselves better. And so through that, I've been able to explain to her 
why she might be feeling some of the, the ways and responding in the way that she does and to help her to be able to have some sort of extra language to be able to use in explaining her feelings, her emotions, why she might react the way that she does in certain situations, that kind of a thing. So just being able to give her as much information as possible so that way she has the information and she can then use it in the way that she wants to. Yeah, and that's a good thing that you do give that because at the end of the day, we might take it or leave it, but most of the time we'll probably take it. May have to word it a little differently, but we'll mm-hmm. take the advice. She cracks me up because, you know, I think maybe she's not listening sometimes, but then, you know, we'll be talking and then she'll say something that I've said or she'll, you know, <laughs> yeah. say I'm with that because you always have to give eye contact and I don't play the eye contact game, but I always joke around saying, why do we have to look at you exactly? We don't have, to have eyes are not meant for listening. Yeah. Meant for seeing. You don't need to really see to hear a conversation. And that's it too. She'll be doing something over here and then I'll be over here and then she'll answer me or something. But, you know, sometimes I'll be like, okay, so when you talk to me, I answer you right away. (laughs) So when I'm talking to you, I need you to at least say something back to me. And she'll be like, fine. (laughs) It's daughters, right? They're growing. What do you expect? Yeah. (laughs) Now, what is the most rewarding and most difficult thing about being an Aspie mother? I mean, I think the most rewarding thing is that her genuine nature I don't really have to second guess like what she's feeling or what she's thinking. Like it's just all out there, right? And if she wants to talk, if she doesn't want to talk, you know, she's like, mama hush, I don't want to talk right now. <laughs> like, okay. So I never have to guess her feelings. <laughs> They're always- It's that brutal true. honest. I'm guessing she has no filter as well. Nope. <laughs> Go her, and I love her already. She's very like- <laughs> She takes all the information and puts it back out. And she's got such a spunky personality, right? So she's the one that's going around saying, yes, queen, all the time. So she cracks me up. Yeah, she she loves to learn like every little thing. I think the most difficult thing, and you know, I might ask your advice on this one because you might be able to give me some insight on it. So, you know, they put all kinds of labels on kids, right? And so one of them is autism. And then another one is anxiety. And, you know, we're, we're working through the anxiety piece with, I found like this homeopathic, it's like a company that they sell, everything is like food-based. And so there's supplements and there's a particular supplement that I give her that helps with that anxiety. And it has been amazing for her. So in working through like all of the different levels, then the last thing that, you know, the label that was given is ODD, right? And that's like, I'm not going to do what you want me to do until I want to do it. <laughs> so that can be a challenge, you know, like every single night at bedtime. Keep, the, the labels keep getting added. Yes, I know. I know. It's really challenging sometimes, you know, when we need to go somewhere or we need to do something and I've given her ample time or ample you know, um, letting her know like, Hey, this is what we're going to be doing. This is where we're going. It's bedtime in 10 minutes, finish up what you're doing, you know, that kind of a thing, but still there's a lot of challenges that come around that. And so it's that timetable, right? Like I want her to do things in my timely manner. I try to give room on either side. And at the same time, like she clearly wants to operate and continue to do what she's doing. And so that fine line between honoring what she wants 
and also doing what needs to be done because it's bedtime, right? Yeah. So that's a challenge. That's a that's a challenge. And that my advice for that, honestly, is this is gonna sound awful, but I'm not trying to feed in like to the bad behavior as what I guess what you could call it. I guess yeah. you're not gonna win the battle with this one. I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be 100 honest with you because. I do the exact same thing because if my mom's like, Hey, let's watch talent. You know, you say we're going to watch it. I said, I know just give me like five more seconds here. They mean that like if they're, if she's in the midst of this, she'll understand like, okay, I get that's bedtime, but here, let me just wrap it up. Can I wrap it up at least to say the least? Yeah. I, mean, that's, I don't think that's a problem personally. And I do like, I give her that extra time to kind of wrap it up, but you know, it still like sometimes it's a little dicey here there. And then I'll just be like, nope, we need to do this now. <laughs> or I'll say, I know that you're going to meet me in the bathroom before I get to, you know, one or something like that, you know, you're going to beat me into the bathroom before I get to one so that you can get your teeth brushed. Or I know that you're going to join me in the bathroom to brush your hair or to take a shower or whatever it is. And usually when I say that, I know she comes like she'll come after that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this what about trying letting them finish the task kind of like maybe say, okay, I'm not going to count to one. But let's say, okay, hey, let's do this. Let's not wrap up, but get to a good stopping point. Let's brush our teeth. Then let's finish the task. Uh-huh. You can finish that task that you were assigned to. So yeah, we need to get this done. But just, just take a break. Take a pause. Take two, as you can call it, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, you know, so that way it's kind of bookended by what she likes to do. So she's doing the things she likes to do. Then we say, okay, we're going to take a break. You're going to brush your teeth. Okay, you can come back, watch for five more minutes, and then we get to go to bed or something like that. Yeah, that might be something uh, worth a shot, maybe at least an attempt. I like that. We'll try that a couple times and we'll see how that works out. And I know we need to try it for a while to see if it works out. But yeah, it's the transitions. Transitions can be difficult moving into the next thing. Um, Moving to a next phase is not easy. We can't easily move to the next chapter in the book. I mean, she really likes the schedule. She likes to know what's going on, all of those things. And I try to provide that, you know, as much as humanly possible. It can be a little bit challenging sometimes. And it's that dance, right? We're working on that dance together and just right. continuing on it. <laughs> we, don't, we still don't break anything like our bones or anything while doing the dance. <laughs> no, no spirits or bones broken. <laughs> Got it. That's Work, my- <laughs> works for me. Yeah. Now, what advice would you give to an Aspie mother? I think in general, get to know your child as best as you possibly can. And in that journey as well, too, I think is getting to know yourself. So when you know and love your own self, then you have the room and the patience and the ability to be able to see someone else for who they truly are and to be able to have the patience and the love and the care to be able to give them. And so I'm not perfect. Like I still, Arlo, (laughs) when she's, you know, testing my patience, right? And at the same time, I let her know like, okay, that wasn't about you. That was about me not being able to handle my emotions in that moment. (laughs) Yeah, it's you. it was like a, that was me, my bad moment. Yeah. We all have those. No one is perfect. No one in life should be a perfectionist. So we're all going to yeah. make mistakes. Everyone, whether you're a mother or a father or even at a job, you're going to make them. There's no way yeah. to avoid it. Yeah, there's definitely not. And, you know, that's why it's so important 
to really know yourself and to love yourself because the more you know and love yourself and you accept yourself, you're going to be able to accept anything in other people and to really be able to have that patience and that wait time to be able to work with that other person in their difference, whether they have autism or whether they don't, you know, you're, you're going to be able to see different perspectives and you're going to be able to understand, okay, this person is coming at this from a different angle than I am. It doesn't mean that they're wrong or dumb or stupid or any of those things, they just think of it differently than I do. And that's okay. Like everybody thinks differently and that's okay. It's a different POV point mm-hmm. of view. I just yeah. thought because I was thinking of like Hollywood on the roller coasters because I always I like to watch the roller coasters with the voyage and see the POVs. And that, that's what it reminds me of is taking that roller coaster ride and the, all the turns with changing, not changing, sticking to where you are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a perfect example of that. Although that makes me nauseated just thinking about it. But <laughs> that's a roller coaster ride that I don't want to go on. But yeah, I mean, that's what makes us you know, uniquely special, every single person, right? We all have our own perspective and our perspective comes from the way that we grew up and the way that we were raised. And so, you know, everyone is just trying to do the best that they can. And maybe your best looks different from someone else's best. It doesn't make it that it's any better or worse than another person. Right. And the best part of it is we can offer help at the end of the day. Now, I do want to talk to you more about your speed networking you did from how I met you. So while doing speed networking, what kinds of people have you met other than myself? Have you met others that have either children on the spectrum or who are on the spectrum besides me? It's interesting enough, like that time that I went to that speed networking, that was the first and the last time that I did that speed networking. So it was just on a whim that I decided to do it that day. And like, you know, nothing happens on accident in the universe. We were meant to be meeting and, you know, um, it just happened to be shortly after my daughter got her diagnosis as well too. So it's one of those things like the universe, uh, it works in mysterious ways yet in wonderful ways. Right. Right. Um, it's a, it's a win-win. Yeah. And I belong to a couple of other Facebook groups that have parents with special needs on there and I'm in there. I pop in there infrequently into the groups. There's a lot of sadness, you know, in the groups. And I prefer to look at all of the positivity that comes with it rather than the sadness that comes with it. And so it can be difficult being in places like that sometimes. So I'll come in and offer some positivity and then I might duck out for a while and not come back in there for a few weeks. I've met a few other parents that have children on the spectrum as well. I have an amazing woman who's on my page whose son is on the autism spectrum. And I love, love, love reading her posts because she's always like very informative about her child and how he views the world. And she's phenomenal. I love reading her stuff. And so that's an example of another parent that I've met who, you know, has an equally amazing, you know, outlook on having that diagnosis of autism spectrum, only her child is nonverbal. And so, you know, being able to also navigate what that looks like as well, too. So basically, you're the sunshine of the group. (laughs) I don't know about the sunshine, but you know, like my daughter even says to me, Mama, I wish I saw the world the way that you do. I just don't. (laughs) You don't have to see the world. You can see it your way. There's no different way. You 
you're not forced to see it. I mean, it's not like you're cursed. Yep. Nope. And that's what I told her too, you know, because she tends to, she sees the good in other people and at the same time has a hard time seeing good in herself right now. And so it's just like, you can't tell someone that they're good and they're going to believe it. They need to figure it out for themselves, what that looks like. And so I just let her know like what I see and how I feel about her and how other people see her and how other people feel about her. And, you know, like I said, those supplements, they're really helping with that. They're helping with that anxiety that she feels and helping her to, you know, be more level as far as her emotions are concerned. And at the same time, this is something that is part of her journey and she gets to figure it out too. And I'm just there to love and support her. And that's all you can do really as a mama. That's really the best thing you can do on in all honesty. Now you're mentioning your groups. Let's talk about your group. So what groups are you on and what do they do? So I am a life coach. That's I work with people with their mindset. And so my group that I have is called color your life in HD. So it's kind of a play on human design and high definition because I feel like a lot of people color their life in the way that someone else tells them to color it and they don't color it in the way that they want to color it. Right. And so when you get to color your life in HD, high definition, you get to color it as brilliantly in whatever way that you decide that you want to. And human design helps you to figure out more about yourself and the way that you do want to color things in your life because everyone else has told you your whole life how to color. And you get to decide now how to color the way that you want to. <laughs> and that's an awesome thing because I'm awesome. I'm HD and really uh, like fancy coloring. That's not my cup of tea. I'm a, the way I color is sloppy, but I think I guess it could be an autism brain because I guess autism people can live in, I don't want to say like a sloppy lifestyle, but like a sloppy mess, but a good type of mess. Yeah. And that's the way that you choose to live. And that's what it looks like for you. And then I've seen other people on the spectrum too. Like I was just watching this show called Glow Up like a couple of months ago and it's this makeup show that's on Netflix and there's several people that are on the spectrum that are on that show and it was based in England and people came on there and they did effects makeup right so like you know put on prosthetics and or made people look pretty or made people look scary or did like different kinds of things with makeup effects and on the second show one of the people on the spectrum actually won the whole show but you know she won it because she's very meticulous very like you know detail oriented calculated that's how mm-hmm. i describe them very calculated very picky when they strike let's put that yeah way. yeah absolutely just like anyone else like i mean i know people that are neurotypical that are sloppy and people that are neurotypical that are very precise like it's you know it's it's all kinds of things with different people and so that's I created that group for that and you know it's for in particular people who are in the entrepreneurial realm and so it's to help them to understand that they don't need to be perfect that they get to do things the way that they want to do and to really start seeing their challenges as their superpowers and how to utilize their challenges as their superpowers so and then i seek out other groups that are similar to that you know, places where I can kind of post in there and be able to attract people who need that kind of 
care and I don't know, assistance in their life, so to speak, to be able to learn how to do that, to learn how to be more themselves and less like what other people tell them to do. Because the more that you're like yourself and the less that you're like what other people tell you to do, the more successful you are. And the happier you are. I'm going to add on to that. Exactly. I mean, that's what the whole thing is about. It's everything that you need is inside of you. Only there's so much going on outside of you that you can't hear what's going on inside. Now, I want to go back to that speed neck read because I am just curious, and this is just for me. When mm-hmm. I started talking and I mentioned I had autism, did you notice like any similar behaviors between me and your daughter? And feel free to say something like roast, I don't care also. But if you want to say something positive too, I don't care. No, I mean, like, I thought it was incredible that you were on there and that you were networking and that you were there, like you were putting yourself out there. And, you know, I can tell like with the eye contact thing, you know, like she's also like, she'll look at me, but like not look at me for very long periods of time. And she'll look at me longer than she looks at some other people, you know, but it just, it shows me that no matter what label that you have on you, that you can push out of that comfort zone and you can do great things depending on what you want to do in your life, right? And so for you, it's reaching out, networking with other people, which, you know, some people are like, oh, people on the autism spectrum, they don't like to socialize. Well, that's clearly not true, right? So just, I love that you are, breaking those barriers that people try to put up for people on the spectrum sometimes. Right. And, but you know, the statements that they say, like they don't like to socialize. I'm not going to say like, Oh, they're a hundred percent. Right. No, 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 no. They're true to an extent. My problem is with those type of statements is they need to reword it. Say some let's remake the statement. Yeah. And I don't even think it's that they don't like to socialize. I just think that, you know, there's so many different other things that are going on. There's a lot of sensory stuff that's going on. There's a lot of, you know, input coming into the body that is perceived in different ways. Like the one parent that I told you that is on my page that I really, I like to, to follow her story. She just wrote a story about her son and getting haircuts and how he would say, ow, when he got his haircut. And so she asked an adult that was on the autism spectrum, like, what is it like to get your haircut? You know, this, this other person who also did not like to get their haircut. And he said, you know how it's like to clip your nail down too far and it hurts. He's like every single hair that gets cut cut feels like that. Like they're actually able to feel every single hair getting cut. So if you had that happening to you, wouldn't you not want to get your hair cut either? (laughs) Probably not. Yeah. So it's just, it's really being aware that, you know, people experience things in different ways. And I think, you know, people on the spectrum are here to really show us that just pay attention to other people pay attention to them and ask them what they need, ask them what they want, you know, pay attention to body cues, to verbal cues, to facial cues, and, you know, really just get out of your own head, (laughs) pay attention to someone else for, you know, but again, like we're not able to do that when we haven't taken care of ourselves first. We're so worried about ourselves because our needs are not being met 
that we're not able to look at someone else and see what they might need. I would agree that because I've had a guest on once time. See 141, me, Asta, and Suzanne, Sarah Tomka, for more information on that. But she once said that. She said in her bio, she's a mental health advocate and we should take care of ourselves first before each other. Well, you just reminded me of that to a T. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing about that is that from the time that we're little, we're taught that when we think of ourselves, that's selfish. And so, and selfish is given a bad and and dirty, you know, meaning to it where actually it's the best thing for everyone. If we take care of ourselves first, because then we have the energy and the patience to be able to look at other people with love, with compassion, with tolerance, and really be able to understand another person's point of view. Now to help other parents that might be staying in your shoes right now, What have you done to help your daughter be successful? I mean, there's probably a million and one things that have gone into this, you know, just counseling really helps, you know, being able to have somewhere where she can express her feelings and someone that she feels safe with. We're going to be starting ABA soon. So that's another thing too. Also, you know, again, it goes back to me taking care of me. So I take care of myself a lot. So that way I have the space to be able to take care of her and listen to her in the way that she needs to be taken care of. For me, it was really key to stop teaching and go into my business full time because now I have much more space and time to be able to spend with her. And I don't really call it spending time. I call it investing time, right? So like I'm investing time in her. So that way our relationship is better in that way. Like she feels more calm, less nervous, more seen, more heard, you know, which eliminates a lot of behaviors because I'm more calm. So she feels more calm. (laughs) There's just a whole host of things. Uh, Like I said, those supplements really, really, oh gosh, I can't even express to you like how much that that has been a game changer and really it's not something that you take to suppress anything. It works with your system naturally to help you with natural foods, to help your gut to be the way that it's meant to be in order to be able to absorb your food properly so that it goes to your brain properly, all of the things. So that's been a a really big helper too. And I don't know, just listening to her, right? Just listening to her, really being able to empathize with her and not try to fix it, right? Like you said, she's not broken. She doesn't need to be fixed. It's being able to listen to her and really understand her. And, you know, sometimes she doesn't need me to say, oh, you're not this, or you're not that. She just needs me to listen and to say things like, I'll bet that that's really difficult for you. Do you want to tell me about that? And that's it. Yep. Because at the end of the day, it's her choice. I mean, do I have some issues I want to have help? Absolutely. But do I have some that I rather not say keep private, but try to figure out on my own and challenge myself? Yes. And like three questions that I ask is, do you want me to listen only like not talk at all? Do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to listen and respond to you? Like give you advice or do you want me to listen and then take action, help you with something? So if I ask those three questions and figure out which one that she wants from me, then I know like, don't give any advice because she just wants me to listen or, you know, I can give advice, but that's all that she's asking for. Like, what should I do? Or if she needs me to like jump in and fight a battle with her, you know, what does she want me to do? If you have to jump, I maybe 
Hey, I guess you got to put on the sumo suits, right? <laughs> oh, those are fun. <laughs> oh, they are fun. And I just want to go back to your therapy. I'm glad that she's in therapy. And I don't because personally, and this is just me, I'm not saying I don't think they're bad or anything. I would never take any away from psychologists because they know brains well, in my opinion. They've studied it. Sure. But here's the deal. Have you studied Sam's brain? And that, I mean, that's the thing. It's patient by patient or person by person. It's like me, you know, for a client, like I can never exactly know what that other person is thinking necessarily. I can do the inner work on me so that I have enough space to be able to listen as much as possible to be able to help that person. At the end of the day, therapists are people too, right? For her, it's play therapy. She doesn't go and sit there and talk to someone. She goes and she plays games and and then the therapist kind of like learns by the way that she's playing, like this might be something that she's going through, or this might be something that she's feeling because kids process through play. So, you know, up until this point, it's just been play therapy. It's not really been like talk therapy, but at the same time too, you it's know, live she, action. Yes. It's live action. There we go. LARP. <laughs> like, yeah, <right>? bingo. <laughs> But when we're lying there at night together and she's tucked into my arm and we're reading a story together and, and we turn the lights off after that and we lay there and, you know, sometimes she talks to me and she shares things with me that she wouldn't typically share with me. So that's a good time to, to talk it out too. I would, I would also agree with that statement because at the end of the day, I mean, the parents are there to help always. And when it comes time, we do open. It just takes the right thing to do and the right feeling. Everyone wants to feel safe right? Like that's one of our main basic needs is to feel safe. And so I know that when, when she feels the most safe, she definitely doesn't like people yelling at her. So like at school, when the teacher even raises her voice, like that's, it sends her into such anxiety, but you know, every once in a while, if I'm just, if I need to raise my voice at her, which I don't need to, it's just like, well, sometimes, you know, I, that's like the last Sometimes you want to go, oh, I mean, yeah. we all have those yeah. feelings. I think when we're parents. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get out the door or something like that. And I'm like, get off the TV and get your shoes on. <laughs> exactly. Um, but she doesn't take it as personally, right? Because we have a good relationship. So in those times, and even then, like I make sure to repair that relationship after that fact. So yeah. It, it just happens in the moment. It's that song by uh, Asia in the heat of the moment. Yeah, basically, that's what it is. Yeah, but the more that I take care of me, the less of those moments there are. In your opinion, how does your daughter process information? Of course, you know, we've had all the like the psychological tests and stuff like that done. But for her, I found that what works is logic. Like she's very logical minded and, you know, I am as well. So that helps too. Ever since she was little, like, instead of just telling her no, I explain why, right? Like, I don't really use the word no. I just say like, okay, we're not going to do this right now because, and then I'll share like the reason why. And then, you know, she's able to repeat it back to me. Okay. Like, you know, another time, like, I'm, I'm not going to do this because like this kind of a thing. So, you know, she's very logical minded. I feel like she could be a lawyer. She's really good at negotiating. <laughs> Did you get that from you? Quite possibly. And at the same time, I think maybe she's already out thunk me. <laughs> I'm older. My brain is less plastic now. And she's, she's got, you know, 
youth and plasticity on her side for her. <laughs> so she can think of far more ways. And that's it. Like that's for me. When I get frustrated, it's because she's outsmarted me usually. And so then I just need to take a few deep breaths and then I can usually think of, you know, some way around it. Cause she'll be like, I'll ask her to do something and she'll say, okay, if I do this, what will you give me? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? What will I give you? I'm like, you'll get the satisfaction of knowing that you help me out by taking and putting your dishes in the sink. That's what you'll get. <laughs> Sometimes so. you ask the like, me, I want to get mad. I just laugh and be like, how did a nine-year-old outsmart me? How did that happen? I know. I mean, it's it, like, I just have to laugh. Most of the time I just have to laugh because, or I'll give her, I'll say, okay, you have an option between this and the, and she'll be like, mm, how about this other thing? <laughs> she'll give like a third option. And usually it's, it's like, okay, fine. I, I don't care. Like, go ahead, you know, whatever. So I try to say yes as much as possible instead of no, because yes invites that cooperation. So even if it is like, not right now, I'll just say yes, except let's do that tomorrow. <laughs> right. So that and, my, and in my opinion, to piggyback off that, maybe with the no's, I think with the best thing that works for me, and I'm not a doctor, but works for me, if, if there's a yes behind a no. So it's like, no, you can't do this. However, yes, you can do this. Yeah. And just giving that tone of like moving in the direction of there's a possibility here, right? Like she likes to keep possibilities open. And I think the thing behind the no is actually energy. Because when we say no, there's like a closing off of energy. It's final. It's like, boom, you know, in your body. And when you say yes, that's like an opening of energy. It's positive. It goes out. It shares, right? And I think that so sensitive sensory wise that she can feel the difference in my body language when I say no versus when I say yes. And it's uncomfortable to feel that closed off no feeling where if I say yes, and it's that open and warm feeling, then there's less resistance there. She doesn't feel that blocking so much. And so it's not disagreeable to her. Yeah, I would I could see that. And I'm just going to say with your daughter's logic, whew, she is the opposite of me. I'm the out of the box thinker, like unrealistic thinker. If the situation involves me having to be a little unrealistic for a minute, climb up the roof and sit there to calm down, so be it. <laughs> I mean, I know it's a terrible example, granted, but that's the only one I could think of in the moment. Yeah. Have you actually climbed on the roof? <laughs> Not yet. I haven't had to go there yet. The key word is yet, though. Yes. <laughs> keeping possibilities open. <laughs> yeah. I am also curious about you being a podcast guest because I've also seen you're on a guest on other shows. So when you accepted being a podcast guest as a side job, how did that happen? Yeah, I think just wanting to get the word out there about what I do, because I know that the work that I do is very important. And for people to see what I do and say, yes, I feel like, you know, other people would benefit from that. Who doesn't want that, right? Like who doesn't want to be able to share what they have when they know that it can benefit other people. And at the same time, not really assuming that I have the answer for someone, you know, maybe just something, a solution that they might need and like they get to figure out whether or not I have what they need or what they don't. And so when I look for podcast opportunities, I look for ones that mesh with 
what my particular zones of genius are, so to speak. So I'm not going to go and apply for, you know, a podcast about, I don't, I'm like pro wrestling. Yeah, there we go. Mud wrestling, right? That's a perfect one. I'm thinking like, because also too, like I have varied interests. So I'm an artist. I like to do artistic things. I cook. I'm really passionate about nutrition and, you know, the way that the body works with nutrition. I'm passionate about the way that the mind works. I'm passionate about, you know, really helping people to understand themselves and is not a very like, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to use this word, but like, it's not a very sexy thing to be like, oh, I can help you understand yourself better. Right. Like, what is that even, you know, like, I guess it could be if you put them in a trance. Yeah. like sign me up for that right because most people are like well what's wrong with me or there's nothing wrong with me there's something wrong with other people like you know so it's like when you come at it from that angle it's you know trying to help them to understand what you do and how what you do can really truly be useful to them and so I look for podcasts to go on that fit that bill and then I put myself out there I say you know if we would be a good fit I would love to come on and, you know, share what I do. And so then we see if it's a fit or not. And if it is great. And if it's not like, that's okay too. Out of curiosity, I have a question. I think I'm going to modify it a little bit. So why podcasts exactly? Why not something else? You know, why not like, like you say, you're cooking. Why not go like, not like the cook shows, obviously, but why not go to like a culinary school or something like that? I mean, well, you know, podcasts, because you can sit in the comfort of your own home, right? I'm a bit of a homebody. (laughs) So I don't need to go anywhere to do that. And it's not that I don't like to go and do, you know, different kinds of things. Like fun fact about me, I used to live overseas. And so I traveled a lot when I lived overseas. And you mentioned that at the beginning, but also too, like, every time that I would go and travel to a different place, I would always take a cooking class there. So like I've taken cooking classes in countries all over the world. That's something that I like to do. So I like to do things like that too, in person, just when it comes to business, it's really efficient to be able to just get on the computer and do a podcast or do a blog, you know, do some writing for someone around that or get in their group and speak in their group. I've also been on TV, like, you know, those kinds of things, but like, I can do it all from the comfort of my own home. And that's pretty good. There's no place like home, like they say. So now with podcasting, what kind of shows are your favorite to be on? Yeah. So I think ones that have an inspirational message, that's been my theme. So, you know, something that helps people to think about things in a different way and really, you know, get them out of their comfort zone a little bit and just look at things in a different way. Yeah. I think trying to show people that you can do stuff in a different way because anyone has to have a story and to be inspirational. I don't agree with that. I mean, you sort of have a story. I'll be honest with you with being an Aspie mother, but you don't have like a full, like, Oh, I lost my leg. I'm an inspiration now. Nope. It's not that at all. I mean, it's for me. I mean, I, I talk about this in my group a lot too. I grew up in a home that was not so loving or caring or kind. So there was a lot of physical and emotional abuse in my childhood. And, you know, to come away from that and go into school for teaching and learn the way that we're meant to be treated 
<laughs> for optimal growth in our life and to be able to put that into practice with children and then to have a child of my own. It has given me both sides, right? It's given me that side to understand people that have been through abuse and it's given me the side of understanding what it can look like on the other side of that. And so being able to know both sides is what allows me to be able to do what I do now. If I had not experienced abuse, I would not know and come through it and be the way that I am. I would not know how to help other people to do the same thing. So as terrible as it sounds, I'm sure that you will understand as well. Everything happens for a reason, you know, like there things happen because they have different effects on us in life. And so like you have autism that has a certain effect in your life. It was meant to be that way. And you are who you are today and doing what you do today because of that. Right. Yep. It's like my mother said, if I didn't have autism, would I be able to do this answer? Nope. Yeah. Who knows what we would be like or what we would do or how we would come through. Like, you know, so we don't have to have some terrible story that helps us to be who we are. And at the same time, I think if we don't know some of the darkness, then how do we know what the light is? Right? That, that's very interesting. I can agree with that. Because at the end of the day, what doesn't kill you? Doesn't make it makes you stronger. I mean, I know it's been using songs and all that jazz, but it's so 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 true. And it's even true in nature, right? So like, I use the butterfly as my symbol in my group, because the butterflies and I even talk about like butterfly entrepreneurs right people who go from thing to thing to thing to thing and you know just trying to figure out what to do and what that looks like and how to you know bring everything together cohesively but you know for the butterfly when it transforms into the chrysalis and it's coming out of the chrysalis if you were to break that chrysalis open the butterfly would die because it needs to struggle out of the chrysalis in order to become strong enough to fly. So it's in the struggle that makes it strong enough to fly. Speaking of this, actually, I'm not to ask you again because the next ad we're about to hear is talking exactly about that. Life is full of changes and sometimes these changes can be challenging. Heather Hudson, clinical social worker and therapist, enjoys helping people navigate through these difficulties in life. In her practice, Heather offers successful ways people can cope with these seasons of life. She offers helpful and practical resources and options, as well as caring, non-judgmental, empathetic listening. Heather believes you are the expert in your own life. In the year 2020, we all know it was a hard year with the COVID pandemic. COVID has caused grief, loss, and isolation. Heather can help with these feelings. Her other specialties are children dealing with divorce, abandonment, death of a loved one, and other losses that affect your life. Although Heather cannot offer legal advice to you, she can discuss with you what kind of legal assistance you need and what you need to know and how to contact an attorney. Contact Heather today at 812-325-4009. All right, folks, I'm back, and please check them out as they'll guide you to the right path. Now, Marie, before we could continue, I want to know, what is the best way for, like, if a listener wants to reach out to you, if they want to talk with you or even collaborate with you, how can they reach to you? They can come and find me on Facebook at Marie Adele. 
I think it's Marie Adele Grow You is my URL. So facebook.com, www.facebook.com backslash Marie Adele Grow You, G-R-O-W and then the letter U, not Y-O-U, but it's like Grow University. And then my group that I have, Color Your Life in HD. And again, that's like Facebook backslash groups backslash butterfly entrepreneurs is what that is. Okay. Um, so that's, those are two ways that, that they can reach me. I was just curious. I bet someone might want to reach out to you if mm-hmm. I had to guess. Now, I know that you're a world traveler and you've obtained education in Ethiopia and Indonesia. So I am curious. So you did do some teaching. So when you went there for educational purposes, what was the main goal? Every place pretty much that I've traveled, I've gone there as a teacher. So I worked in international schools when I was overseas. I've been teaching, well, I taught professionally for over 20 years and it was mostly in early childhood and in special education. So I have like all of my schooling, all of my degrees are in teaching and psychology. So that's my background. And I had always wanted to travel, you know, being able to live overseas afforded me that ability to be able to do that was an amazing opportunity and an amazing life. And I was there for for almost a decade. And I worked in international schools. And at the same time, like I made it a point to get out and really understand the culture of where I was and really just kind of dive in headfirst and, you know, make myself a part of that world too. How did you make yourself a part of that world, as you say? Oh, well, by really getting to know the local people that were there because like the temptation when you go overseas because you are an expat and then there's other people that are expats as well is to only keep yourself in the company of expats and not really go out and make friends in the local culture. But I just went out and I made friends with anyone and everyone. And so, you know, one of my experiences that I had, like when I was living in Indonesia is going and kind of like backpacking through part of Indonesia with a friend who was Indonesian as well too. And, you know, we stayed at little places that were maybe like $3 a night or something like that. It ended up being, and you know, every single place that we went to, I told her to ask what's the best food here. (laughs) What is the, you know, the number one place to eat here. And so we would always get pointed invariably to some place and we had the most amazing culinary experience and, you know, just got to have fun and travel. And and I got to see Indonesia in a very different way than most people do. Wow, I bet that was a good time. I've never been to Indonesia because I don't think I'm ever going to travel out of the country. Let's put it that way. Oh, well, there you go. You would know if you you traveled to Indonesia for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I think you would. Now, I do want to talk to you more about your daughter's behavior. So I am curious. Let me ask you, does she have like anticipatory anxiety or something like that? Like where something like, you don't know, if an event, what happened? Like, does she do that? You know, she doesn't explain to me that she has anxiety. She just tells me I'm a very scared little girl. So that's the way that she describes herself. And, you know, I think it's noises that, you know, upset her particular vibration and the tone of people's voices. You know, I'm not sure if her teacher actually yells at everyone in the classroom, but you know, what she says is she raises her voice. And when she raises her voice, it's the tone of the teacher's voice and whatever she's saying, you know, also too, like she's told me, cause I'm like, I try to ask her questions to understand what it feels like to be in her body. Right. So I ask her like, you know, what does it feel like coming into you? Like when you're at school, when you're sitting there at school when you're in the classroom like what do you feel and she said 
I feel, what did she say? Exactly how she worded it. It was like, I feel the despair of all the other children in the classroom was basically what she was like. So like the helplessness of the other children in the classroom as they're getting, you know, reprimanded or like whatever, but she feels that energy. She takes that energy in and then she amplifies it. So it might be like coming in like raw and then she gets it inside of her and it turns into raw. Yeah, I can see that. My problem with that is I know that the goal is to get the student's attention. It doesn't get my attention. I just look at you like, really, there's no need to go to that. Yeah, like she tells me, you know, on a daily basis that she's fighting back tears, that she doesn't cry because she gets so emotionally overwhelmed sometimes. And you say your daughter's sensitive feelings. What would you say like is the worst sensitive feeling for? Because for me, it's a wet t-shirt. I ain't going to wear that. Good luck trying to get me to wear that. No, if she gets a drop of water on it, boom, it's off. Like very much. She can have food and like ketchup and like, I mean, like she a milk can stick mustache. Her, yeah. She can stick her hands in food. She can go swimming. She's perfectly fine swimming. Get her in the shower and she doesn't want to put water on her head. I'm like, how does this make sense? <laughs> I don't do that either. So she's not normal. I mean, I do it better now, but when I was young, my issue was I had to do it during the night. If I take a shower during the day, the issue is it sticks. For me, it may just be my hair, granted, but for me, it sticks wet for the whole day, and it's not a comfortable feeling. Yeah. I'll swim, granted, but it can't be shower and soap full-on bay clean. Yeah, that's interesting. For me, it's just, I just keep asking her. I keep asking her about stuff, you know, and the older that she gets, the more she's able to explain to me, like, why she feels the way that she does. And so that's particularly useful, just keeping those lines of communication open. Hmm. What would you say is, like, her biggest expressive milestone, let's say? Like, when she was able to, like, express this, and you were like, you just expressed that, like, whoa, Nelly, And and it left you speechless. I think she's been doing that her whole life, Sam. <laughs> like, from the moment she started communicating, like she was very expressive. Even when she wasn't speaking, she was very expressive. You know, when she was little, probably like 10 months old, something like that. She started walking when she was 10 months old. So she's always been like really early on those kinds of milestones, but she didn't start talking until she was like 16 or 17 months old, really her first word. We taught her sign language. So she had a few signs that she would use, but she would go over and crawl over and try to put shoes in her mouth. And you know how disgusting that is right like but she would try and put shoes in her mouth yes <laughs> and so I was like you know trying to move her away like let's go do this instead you know those are yucky they're dirty let's come over here but she kept trying to go back over to the shoes and so finally I was like do you want shoes you know because we were living in a country where she didn't need shoes like she could just go barefoot and you know like it was all and of course too like I know developmentally that it's best to go barefoot for as long as possible because your feet need to you know the bones in your feet aren't fused until a certain age and so it's best to have them go barefoot so I didn't get her shoes for that reason but I was like do you want shoes and she was like (laughs) like, yes that's why she kept going over by the shoes because she wanted her own shoes and I was like okay well you know when we go on the airplane because like in a month we were going to go on the airplane to Spain to spend the summer um, I was like when we go on the airplane then we'll get you some shoes you know so she was fine after that she stopped chewing on the shoes. 
Yeah, I mean, I know it's better for barefoot, but I think I'd rather have some, like, bones develop more slowly, I guess, than have shoe breath. Yeah, she really, she loved being barefoot but then also like I think for the fashion of it she loves shoes like we would go into stores sometimes and she would just want to try on like every single pair of shoes that she could because she just had a fascination with them it's she's a shoe queen I'm guessing she was she's not so much now well actually I can't say that because just like a few weeks ago we were in Kohl's and she wanted to try on all the high heels just to see if she could be taller than me in them (laughs) Was she? (laughs) No, not yet, but she will be soon. She's eight, but she's almost as tall as I am. I'm not even, I'm the shortest thing. She's probably taller than me, but that way. (laughs) Now, I do know that you're married. So do you Mm -hmm. like, and your husband and your daughter, like exhibit like a similar behavior that would be considered autistic? Well, yeah, her dad, for sure. I'm remarried. So not necessarily her stepdad, but like her dad, dad. Yes. Like there's things that he does that definitely could be considered on the spectrum as well. May I ask Um, what they are? So like he could play video games from morning until night and do nothing else. Like that could be his, his voice is quite monotone. So he doesn't really have a prosody to his voice, like at different pitches or different levels. It's pretty much like all the same. And he exhibits some of that same, like, I'm not going to do it. You can't make me do it. <laughs> like, I'm going to do what I want to do. He's a stubborn um, personality. Hard-headed. You know, a, I was going to say it a little nicer than that. <laughs> I'm um, hard-headed too, yeah. though. Don't worry. I'm, I'm a little hard-headed. Like, <laughs> don't worry about that. Yeah. And like I said earlier, for me, it's more of like the sensory issues. Like I have sensory issues with lights, especially like fluorescent lighting. You know, if there's like flashing strobing stuff, I don't have like seizures or anything like that, but I really, I just don't like it you know certain textures of things I don't care for if someone is in my physical space like I my skin crawls I can't like I have to like even with my daughter because she likes to like wrap herself around me and like just be on me in my space and sometimes I just have to be like honey I need you to just take a step please get off like yeah mama's too hot like I'm just you know like I can't my skin I feel smothered and it's a sensory thing immediately alarm bells start going off so just letting her know like I'm not trying to push you away I love you very much and at the same time i need you to get off me <laughs> i get you I'm, I'm the opposite like that i'm not a big personal space guy you put your hand on like over over my face and i'm i'm not, I'm not like that i don't really care i think she likes that too like she's just very you know um she'll tell me don't do and then she'll tell me like don't do this thing but like she wants me to do the thing so she'll be like don't bite me don't bite my neck, <laughs> but she really wants me to bite her neck. Or don't do it. Like, don't squish me. Hey, it's yeah. all in the nature of fun, I guess, maybe. So I have to read into it. Is it really what she wants me to do or does she really not want me to do it? Exactly. <laughs> don't tickle me. Now, I think I'm going to have you mute again because we got to hear about one more ad. It's going to be the bar on Maryland Ridge. So let's get to it. There is a hidden gym in Eastern Greene County, folks. Fowler's Pumpkin Patch and the barn on Maryland Ridge Wedding Barn. Autism Rocks and Rolls is very proud to tell you about our friends, Perry and Renee Fowler, and their place of business. Both Fowler Pumpkin Patch and the barn on Maryland Ridge is a relaxing drive approximately 15 minutes from the heart of Bloomington, Indiana, and an hour south of Indianapolis. You can find them at 53 53- 47. 
11. South Green County Line Road, Bloomington, Indiana, 47403. The property has numerous picture locations, including several rolling fields, antique tractors, red and rustic barns, trees, and much more. Customized wedding packages are offered on their website. The surrounding area also provides several hotels in which to have your guests stay for your destination wedding. Also, Fowler's Pumpkin Patch is a family-owned and operated seasonal pumpkin patch. It's the perfect place to take your family for some fall fun. Enjoy picking out pumpkins, hay rides, a corn maze, and a petting zoo. Call the Fowlers today at 812-327-4895 or 812-325-6022. And yes, we are finally back for the final time for this episode. And when you check out this barn, you'll definitely hear the words I do. Marie, I am curious. You, I know you gave advice earlier in the beginning of the show. But what about like, could you give advice for like the terrified parent or grandparent? I mean, in general, whatever that we think about grows, right? Like that's just the way that our brain works because the more that we think about it, the more neurons that we grow around it. And so if we're continuously thinking about how terrified and afraid that we are about this thing that's happening or this thing that's, you know, going on with us, then we're only going to see the quote unquote bad side of it or the the scary things that go into it. And at the same time, again, like when we're able to take care of ourselves and really be calm and peaceful from within, then we're able to calm our bodies down and calm our brains down to be able to see the opportunities that exist in something. And so then we're going to grow more brain cells around seeing opportunities. So if we're able to see something for an opportunity and release that terror, then we're going to be able to grow and whoever else is involved in the situation will be able to grow as well too. And when you grow, I think you'll develop, maybe you'll develop, maybe you could agree with this if you wish, maybe you develop peace and patience. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all rolled into one. The more that we're able to really understand ourselves and have that peace and that calm and that happiness within ourselves, then the more that we're able to put out that energy into the world and the more that we're better able to see and hear and listen to other people and really just view life as this thing that's happening for us instead of something that's happening to us. Right. You have patents, maybe it's, a, it, I basically just combined the word peace and patience, but it's what you have, I guess. Patents. Yeah. Patees, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> P-A-T-E-A-C-E. Yeah. Putting all of that together. And I mean, that freedom to be you, right? Like that's all we want people to be able to do is they to want to have the us. right to have be themselves. And Thankfully, we live in a country where we get to be. There's a lot of people that do get to be who they are. We have the right ability to be able to do that. Although most of the time we are in our own jail, as far as that's concerned, you know, hold ourselves in a jail our whole lives because we think that we don't have the choice to choose. And the day that we understand that we do have a choice and the day that we seek someone that can help us to grow that choice. That's the day that we set ourselves free. Yep, I would agree with that. We can break the shackles, but the only person who can break them is you. Now, these are just for fun, so these won't take up much of your time. So what is like your paradise meal or your favorite food, and why is it your favorite? That is a very difficult question, actually, Sam, because I am a foodie. 
I love food. So I love a good salmon meal, like salmon with some olive oil and some lemon. That's really good. And some sea salt on it. I love dark chocolate, anything that's dark chocolate. I'm a big sweets person with dark chocolate. I love like fine restaurants. Like you go there and they do the big meals and the like all world class. Yes. If I could just get paid to go and like eat at fancy restaurants and give them, you know, ratings, I would do that. <laughs> the food critic. I guess that's what you want yeah. to do. <laughs> I love food. I'm a big foodie. Now, what is your favorite movie or TV show and why do you like it? I don't think I have a favorite. I tend to enjoy the feel good movies. The ones that have like some sort of inspirational message. As far as shows, I like to watch reality shows more than anything. The ones that have where they create or they make something, you know, artistic. I like to look at the end, like and see the end. Um, I like to see people winning. I tend to seek out like comedy movies because I love to laugh. So ones that are really, you know, really funny movies. And I actually like, you know, like the kids movies too, because they have some really funny stuff in them. Oh yeah. You wonder sometimes like, oh, I watch this as a kid. Now I get it. Yeah. Like Harlow loves to watch My Little Pony and I watch it with her because there's stuff in there for me too. (laughs) Now, what has been your favorite vacation that you've ever taken? Not the ones with educational purposes. I mean, you can listen if you want to, but Why did you enjoy that vacation very much? Yeah, I mean, again, like I've traveled so many different places in my life and I've loved everywhere for different reasons. I think that it's more about the feel of the place rather than the actual location. And so for me, like Bali has been very spiritual. Thailand is very spiritual and Hawaii is very spiritual. And so I love all of those places for that, the feel. Okay. What part of Hawaii did you go to? Like, the big island or like Maui or yeah, I was on the big island. Uh, we're going we're going to go there, I think potentially in the summer. Ooh, yeah, it's a great place to go. There's lots of things to do, you know, while you're there. And the pace there is slow, you know, you're not rushing around. It might take you a while to get your food. And at the same time, you get to sit there and like talk with each other. There's no rush, you know, those kinds of things. It's just slowed down. It's island time. (laughs) So now this is the final question. Are there any good memories that you want to tell our viewers about? If you do, why do you remember that memory the most? Now, I would like a good memory that made you feel good and like a funny memory that made you fall on the floor. And it's how it's your call. You want to answer. It can be with your daughter, just yourself. You said your remarried husband, your call. I think, you know, my best memories are when I'm traveling. Like that's honestly, you know, we don't do presents in our house that much we do experiences so that way you don't have a room full of toys you got some things in there but what you do have is that travel experience and I've asked my daughter before like you know what uh, would you rather do would you rather have presents or would you rather travel and every single time she wants to travel so that'd be me too I've yes. taken my parent family to Richmond. I've been to Texas, Florida. I've I've had different experiences myself. Mainly fishing experiences, lots of them. Yeah, yeah. So you're passionate about fishing then? I'm not passionate about it, but it's, a, it's like a hobby of mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I won't, it's not the first thing I do, but it's definitely something I do in a, when I got downtime. She loves water parks. <laughs> so again, won't take a shower, but she loves water parks. So, you know, we go to a lot of water park places and then just travel in general. Like we have a really good time traveling together, all three of us. And then like a falling down, I swear, like 
my kid makes me laugh so much all the time, but even just as a family, like we like to laugh with each other. We're really silly with each other. We like to scare each other, you know, like jump around the corner and scare each other. You know, she's always trying to sneak up on people, scare them. She's a, like a practical joker. So she's always like telling jokes. Yeah, the whoopee cushion thing. That, that yeah, type. Yep. All of those things. She likes doing all of that stuff. And so we're constantly laughing together and just, I mean, you know, like she's just random and unexpected. And so I'm always laughing because she's just always saying something that is just like super funny. And I'm really weird too. Like she's always talking about how weird that I am um, because I swear I have the humor of like a 12 year old boy. And so like, I'm always saying funny stuff to her and we just laugh and like we talk in different accents and, you know, just, just make each other laugh all the time. I think every family member has a good time, but here's an inv- innovative idea. Maybe use the water park for a shower. I yeah. Might <laughs> if it didn't have the chlorine, it might be, it might work out. <laughs> Try to replace the chlorine with a different substance may work. <laughs> well, I think that's all, Miss Adele. Do you have any closing remarks where we head on out of here? No, I'm just really glad to be on here. And I'm so glad to be able to chat with you. And I had a really good time. And I really appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. You too, Sam. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming in very soon. Hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.